The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of royal peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Biden and his thugs are desperate to stop us because we are the only ones, and they know that, who can stop them. And that's why they are weaponizing law enforcement and high-level election interference, the likes of which this country has never seen. We've never seen anything like what's happening with using the DOJ and the FBI to go after his political opponent. It's unbelievable. The good news is it's driven my poll numbers up. (laughs) Someday we're going to have to write a book about this one. But people understand. And, you know, I have a voice. I have a big voice so I can speak about it. I can talk about it. It's not a particularly uh, big revelation, Mike, that Donald Trump lies, but he's doing it with such abandon. Almost everything he says now is a lie. And also then he drifts off into these bizarre spaces where you really do have to wonder, does he have it all there? Can he do the job? Donald Trump. He lied after the election. He lied on the on the day of January 6th, all through it. And now today he's lied about the E. Jean Carroll case. I, I think Trump is just lying all the time. And the people that believe a liar all the time are crazy. And I can't even understand. Yeah, I, I do not understand why 70 yeah. some million people out there accept a lying, a constantly lying person. America doesn't do coronations. We believe in choices. We believe in democracy and we believe in freedom. Every single thing that Donald Trump has said or put on TV has been a lie. Check with the fact checkers. Every single thing. Wow. I mean, the, the fact checkers, too? He lies all the time. All the time. Not most of the time. Not part, Certainly not part of the time. All the time. Everything he says is a lie. (laughs) One thing that the Republicans and most Republicans and Democrats can agree upon is that everything Donald Trump says is a lie. By the way, nice to uh, to see Chris Matthews sweater again. That's two days in a row. We need to make this a, a daily tradition here at the Trumpet Daily. You're listening to Stephen Flurry and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. You can get to the live video stream of this show at TrumpetDaily.com or at the Rumble channel. That's rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily over there. If you visit Rumble, make sure that you give us the Rumble thumbs up to up our rating. And if you like, you can join in on the, join in, sorry, on the live chat or leave us a comment down below after the fact. Of course, all of these uh, programs are posted after the fact, too, so you can watch on demand as well. But we certainly do like the adrenaline rush that the live audience gives to us every day here at 11.05 a.m. in the central time zone of the United States. So there, you can see why they're in panic mode. Of course, uh, they're into Trump is Hitler Now he lies all the time. Rachel Maddow said yesterday that Hitler was voted in. So uh, the Republicans are voting in a tyrant, a dictator. This is what they prefer. And what's amazing in all of this, as General Flynn first pointed out, and a few other commentators, we've played the clips for for you. And now Trump himself 
He mentioned yesterday that, li listen, if they wouldn't have stolen the election in 2020, I'd be down to my last 10 or 11 months right now. Listen to clip 10. But think of it. I would now be rounding out my term. In other words, if they didn't do all these things and I could name 10 more or more, I'd now be rounding it out. It would almost be over. But because they did mess with me, now they've got us and me for four more years. Yeah. We'll drive them crazy. It is driving them crazy. He's exactly right. And so they go on and on. When have you ever heard political commentary, even coming from people that absolutely hate the guy on the other side, when have you ever heard them, except with this guy, Donald Trump, when have you ever heard them say, uh, yeah, he lies all the time. It never stops. You know, when, when the fact checkers were keeping track of the thousands and thousands, I think it got well over 10,000, lies during the Trump presidency. I mean, that was just a little foretaste of what was to come. Now look, Nikki Haley, for her part, she used to work for Donald Trump. She was Donald Trump's UN ambassador. And she said yesterday, everything he says is a lie. Imagine saying that about your boss. Why didn't you get out when you had the chance then? Why did you go ahead with that position at the UN? If everything Donald Trump says is a lie. Speaking of lies, did you know that Nikki Haley said that if Donald Trump runs for another term this election cycle, that she would not run for president of the United States? She's a plant. She's a Democrat. She's not even a Republican in name only. This is from The Federalist. It says here, Speaking of last Monday at the Iowa caucuses, of course, today is the, the New Hampshire primary. But it says about oh, uh, Iowa, sorry, where almost half of Haley's supporters said they'd vote for Joe Biden over Donald Trump. Almost half, 43%. They said they were basically they admitted we're going to vote for Haley because we don't want Trump. And if it does end up as Trump and Biden, we'll vote for Biden. Because Biden, of course, never lies. Trump lies all the time. Biden never lies. We're living in the post-truth world, just like we covered in the recent Trumpet magazine. This article says, in one Iowa precinct, so many Democrats showed up and requested forms to change their party affiliation so they could participate in the caucuses uh, and vote for Haley. They ran out of forms. <laughs> All these Democrats showed up to, to change to Republicans for one day, just so that they could vote for Haley. They ran out of forms to change it over. And you know what happened? Trump won in a landslide. Haley got third. It says it's shaping up to be the same story in New Hampshire. New Hampshire has an open primary, meaning independents or unaffiliated voters who make up 40% of all registered voters in the state, can cast ballots in the GOP primary election. Because the Democrat Party isn't holding a primary, and because New Hampshire voters had until October 6th to change party registration, a lot of Democrats are expected to be voting in the Republican primary this week. They're all voting for Haley. <laughs> Let's see how that holds up tonight. The latest polls suggesting that Donald Trump is ahead by 20 points. The pundits have already agreed that she's going to lose. They're just hoping it's only by four or five or six points so that she can carry on with her campaign in uh, South Carolina. 
It says, who will these non-Republicans be uh, being voting for? Nikki Haley, of course. One poll found that among Haley supporters, only 28% were Republicans versus 53% who said they were Democrats. Yesterday, I played that clip from uh, the morning meltdown where they said that uh, people aren't paying attention. And when they do, they're going to actually hear the lies for themselves. They'll actually learn and understand that Trump lies all the time. No exceptions. It happens anytime he opens his mouth. Out come the lies. A flood of lies. It says here, another New Hampshire poll this week found that among voters who consider themselves left-leaning or moderate, Haley is beating Trump 56%, 56 to 27%. The polls tell you everything that you need to know. Trump's ahead by a mile. He's, he's got another landslide victory incoming. Yesterday, uh, it was in the Senate debate, or they're running for Senate in California. Adam Schiff going against uh, the Republican candidate, Steve Garvey. Uh, and just before I get to the exchange at this uh, senatorial debate, here's one of Adam Schiff's lies. And really, you have to really <laughs> be selective to just narrow it down to one. But here he is talking about Hunter Biden's laptop and, and how the Russians were working with Donald Trump to try to smear the Biden family ahead of the presidential election in 2020. Clip two. Well, we know that this whole uh, smear on Joe Biden uh, comes from the Kremlin. Uh, that's been clear for well over a year now that they've been pushing this uh, false narrative about the vice president and his son. Uh, but clearly, the origins of this whole uh, smear uh, are from the Kremlin. And the president is only too happy to have Kremlin help in, in trying to amplify it. Right. There was uh, the central player in the, the Donald Trump impeachment proceedings. Adam Schiff, lying and lying and lying about the Russia hoax, and in this case, lying about the Hunter Biden laptop. It's all a smear coming from the Kremlin. Now, Steve Garvey in this, uh, this debate last night in California, he called out Adam Schiff for his lies, and listen to, the, to how that went down, clip one. I think you've been censored for lying. You I was censured for mouth. standing up to and a corrupt this president. this is exactly what I'm talking about. Let, All right. Not, we're gonna, I'm going to insist on answering. Right. I just called a liar by Mr. Garvey. Okay. 30 Mr. seconds. Mr. Garvey, I was censured for standing up to a corrupt president. And you know something? I would do it all over again. Because that corrupt president, that president who's been indicted with 94 felony, 91 felony counts, that president that you won't refuse to support, yeah, he's a danger, and I will stand up to him and Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan and any of those MAGA enablers of his in the Congress. The reason why our democracy is in trouble is because folks don't have the courage to stand up when they need to. Okay, thank you very much. Sorry. We're going to keep. We're going to keep. We're going to keep. Let me, let me just heed that. Both my name. All right. R real quick, sir, you lied to 300 million people. You can't take that back. You can't take it back. You lied to all of America, and it happened over and over. He's a, Schiff is a serial liar, and good for Steve Garvey to call him out. This guy, by the way, I have to say here as a, an aside, my favorite baseball player as a youth, 
Steve Garvey with the Dodgers in the late 70s, early 80s. I think he won a World Series. He was in all these all-star games. First base for the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. Now he's, we'll see. I mean, he's going up against a lot. It's California after all. But we'll see if Californians are paying attention. Going back to what Scarborough said yesterday. Who's telling the truth? And who's just spewing forth with lies? Post-truth world. I mean, you, you do have to do a little bit of research Never mind what Philip Bump says. You, you actually do have to do a little bit of research to find out who's telling the truth. There's Adam Schiff. After all of his lies have been exposed, so many of them anyway. And he says, I didn't lie. I, he, look at how hot under the collar they get when they're called out. I have to respond to this. This man's calling me a liar. I was not lying. I was standing up to a corrupt individual in Donald Trump. And I'd do it again. Serial liars. It's from Fox News yesterday. The former House Select Committee on January 6th deleted more than 100 encrypted files from its probe just days before Republicans took over the majority of the House of Representatives. Why would they delete files when they told us over and again they were just trying to get to the truth? They just wanted to get to the bottom of January 6th. Republicans win a majority. And then Pelosi and company go to work. Benny Johnson, all those people. Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger. Why did you delete the files? Sources told Fox News that Thompson had told Loudermilk, he's the one investigating all this, that the select committee would turn over four terabytes of archived data but that the new committee only received approximately two terabytes of data. This is, <laughs> this is Hillary Clinton's servers all over again. Just try to wipe the record. Just try to bleach bit the, uh, the devices. Fox News has learned that Loudermilk's committee hired a digital forensics teams to scrape hard drives to determine what information they were not given. The forensic team, according to sources familiar with their search, determined that 117 files were both deleted and encrypted. Sources said these files were deleted on January 1st, 2023, just days before Thompson's team was required to transfer the data to the new committee. So many liars. The ones that are out there saying they lie, that, that Donald Trump lies all the time, you can be sure. Here's another rule. We should come up with a rule book that if this is said, you know that this is the truth over here, right? It says, finally, this is heartening. Fox News Digital has learned the forensic team has recovered all 117 deleted and encrypted files. Now, Loudermilk is demanding answers and passwords to access the data. We'll see if they can get to the passwords. <laughs> They're encrypted. I mean, they deleted it and encrypt in case the forensic people come along and get the files. We've got to encrypt it. We've got to hang on to the passwords to make sure they can't get to the truth. That's the mentality. These people working, working in Congress. Or in the case of Schiff, running, running for the Senate. No wonder, no wonder, again, Donald Trump is out there with utmost confidence saying, you know, these people are thugs. These, they've weaponized the Justice Department. 
they're opening the borders because this is part of their plan. Fundamental transformation of the United States. Who does this? Unless you're trying to bring down the United States, unless you hate America. From uh, the Wall Street Journal, Michigan is flashing warning signs for President Biden's re-election bid. Top Democrats in this state that will help decide the presidential race are sounding alarms about recent polls showing Biden trailing Donald Trump, the Republican candidate, frontrunner, by nearly double digits. It goes on and talks about how that this gal running for, uh, I think, Senate or one of the House seats, she's concerned, saying, look, if, uh, if Trump wins this in a landslide, I mean, it's going to hurt everyone down ballot as well. What an interesting, fascinating year this is turning out to be. As I said yesterday, what a year it's been already for Donald Trump. I was just thinking this morning, you know, last year all the indictments are coming out and, you know, the, the talking heads, they were just giddy with delight. Oh, this is going to destroy Trump. I mean, you heard Schiff right there. 91 felonies. That's, I would do it again. I would, I would bring up the Trump-Russia collusion hoax again. I would bring up the Kremlin smear again to go after Donald Trump. Any means necessary. The ends justify it. When they were going so crazy last summer, oh, these indictments. And then the Jack Smith, he set it up for uh, an expedited process because he's just that sharp. Same with Fannie Willis, all of them. They're not crooks or criminals or thugs. They're just good lawyers, good attorneys, carrying out the law. And as Joe Scarborough says, it's not, it's not like the DOJ's been weaponized. I mean, Trump's going before a jury of his peers. These are ordinary Americans that know Donald Trump is a crook. Never mind the, the results in the primary or the caucus. They said the indictments and then the calendar. Well, one of them, what, Jack Smith, I think March 4th. Oh, that's so close to Super Tuesday. This is great. Trump's not going to be able to campaign at a time when he really needs to, to try to win the Republican nomination. You know what's hilarious about all of this? We're not even to the end of January. And by tomorrow morning, the race could be over. Who cares about March 4th? <laughs> Everything they're doing is backfiring. So all that they got is Trump is Hitler and he lies all the time. He's losing voters in Michigan, <laughs> everywhere else as well. Early surveys in other battles, Biden that is, early surveys in other battleground states, including Arizona, Georgia, North Carolina, and Nevada, have shown Biden trailing Trump. A recent Pennsylvania poll showed Biden with a slight lead over the former president. You know, Sam brought up an interesting point this morning as well about just how important it was for 2020, that election cycle. I mean, they needed a lot of things to come together. They had to have the pandemic so that they could get the mass mail-in mail -in balloting. But they also had to, they were out there, I mean, BLM, that the summer of love, all this was happening. And then they were out there talking about the importance of voter turnout. You, don't, you really don't hear that much anymore. You don't hear it this year because they know, I mean, a, a reporter can walk through the Bronx or Harlem and, and have no problem finding all kinds of, of African-Americans saying, we don't want Biden, we want Trump. That wasn't quite so common in 2020. The, the radical Democrats, they still had the minority vote, but not so today. So these big city Democrat machines, it's important for them to get a huge voter turnout because then they can mingle in all of the manufactured ballots among them and just say, hey, it was, a, it was a massive turnout, not across the country, just in the five swing states. 
But what do they have coming into this one? They, so far as I know anyway, they're still 11, 10, 11 months. They don't have a pandemic. They, they certainly can't send out 100 million mail-in ballots. They're not talking about voter turnout. They're, they're not even talking about any of Biden's policies. Occasionally, okay, Bidenomics, it's, it's fantastic, even though most of America doesn't agree. But on the border, I mean, they just, they just went to the Supreme Court to try to get the court to tell Texas they've got to take down the razor wire to defend its southern border. That's right. Biden, we should say, the dear leader, Joe Obama is actually fighting to keep the border open, wide open. And Amy Coney Barrett, she sides with the radical leftists on the court. It's unbelievable. I saw that yesterday and I thought, you know what? It's just another development that it doesn't hurt Trump. It helps him. It helps him as Americans wherever. Harlem, the Bronx, New York City at large, Chicago, Denver. I mean, De the Denver mayor just recently said they're just all over the place. The migrants, they're taking over. Never mind what's happening at the southern border of Texas and New Mexico and Arizona. The, the mayors in southern Texas, the mayors of those small towns, a lot of them are Democrats. And they're just pleading with the Biden people, please, please do something. Governor Abbott finally says, okay, look, we'll put up these barriers and so on. And Amy Coney Barrett says, take them down. Take down those barriers and let the millions continue to come right on in. And they're coming in. They're coming in from all over the world. And so how are they going to pull off the steel this time around? I'm sure they're, they're, they're going to try something. <laughs> you know that they will. Like my father said in that 2018 piece, they will do anything to maintain their hold on power. Listen to Donald Trump from last night, clip 13. And if they win, and we can't let them win, and the only way they're going to win, in my opinion, is if they cheat, because I don't believe there's any way. You look at these crowds where they're filling up every room and all over the building. We have people. And then outside, we have hundreds of people. They can't get in. This was supposed to be just a little quick stop. The only way they can win is if they cheat. That was the only way they could win in 2020. And that was three years ago. And we hadn't had three years of Bidenomics and a wide open border and two, three wars abroad. Now we have those things. Listen to Newt Gingrich. He was on with uh, Hannity last night, clip 11. I mean, the objective reality is that at a performance level, this is a disastrous administration. Biden's illegal immigrants alone would sink a normal candidate. And it's just going to get worse. It's not going to get better. Uh, Chicago announced yesterday they have no extra space. New York got so desperate, they kicked out American school children for the night and brought in illegal immigrants because it was so cold. Uh, I mean, every time people turn around, the illegal immigration policy of Biden, which is a deliberate policy to open the border and have the maximum number of people enter the U.S. illegally, that's blowing up on the Democrats everywhere. In a normal election cycle, as he says there, on this alone, the border crisis, a wide open border, he would lose hands down. Listen to what Donald Trump said again in New Hampshire yesterday, clip 12. 
Look at the border. Look at the border. The border is like a sieve. It's an open wound. What we're allowing to come into our country, they're coming from all over the world. And we're like a dumping ground for the rest of the world. We're stupid people. We're being run by stupid people or people that hate our country. I'm not sure which. Nobody can figure it out because who would who would want to run? Who would want to run on a policy of open borders where anybody can come in? Uh, I was talking to Sean Hannity today. He said, I give it a 100 percent chance, 100 percent that we're going to have a bad attack. What do you think? Do you think I'm right? I said you're 100 percent right. And if that bad attack happens before the presidential election, (laughs) well, chalk that up as another victory for Donald Trump. Not that he's hoping for that, nor are we. But you're letting in millions and millions of illegals, mostly military-aged single men, coming in from all over the world, from Venezuela, from China, from Afghanistan. It goes on and on. This is from, uh, from Breitbart. President Joe Biden's deputies have let 6.2 million illegal immigrants into the United States, according to the CBO. There's quite a few people that think it's a fair bit more than that. Maybe this is just talking about the number that's been apprehended because we don't know much about those that just sneak through. It says here, Biden's southern inflow is more than one migrant for every two American births since January 21. We've we've played you the clip before from Biden himself. I think it was Biden. It was, a, it, was, it was a Democrat saying that, look, we can't keep up uh, with the birth, birth rates anyway, so let's just open the borders. This is their, this is their strategy. The, the great replacement theory is real. Tucker was mocked for that. He was, called a re- he was called a racist. And now their true colors are showing. The 2023 inflow includes 900,000 migrants who were released after they walked up to official border gates plus 1.1 million migrants who were released after they crossed through the gaps in the border wall, which acts as an advisor to Capitol Hill legislatures. That's referring to the CBO. It says roughly half, uh, roughly uh, half of those migrants, 1.1 million, were led into the country by October 1st, 2023 via Biden's use of the parole loophole in border law. They want that. They're looking for loopholes. They're looking for any way to open the door wide. And then yesterday, the Supreme Court, over Governor Abbott's decision, well, look, let's put up some fencing. Let's put up some razor wire. Let's do something to stop the flow. It's from the Washington Examiner. In a 5-4 ruling, the justices responded to a January 2 request by the Justice Department to intervene in the dispute after the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit in December stopped the federal government from cutting wire set up by Texas to deter immigrants from illegally crossing the border. (laughs) Here's a case where the appeals court actually stopped the feds. No, Texas has a right to secure its southern border. And then Joe Bama's DOJ, they kick it up to the Supreme Court. And Amy Coney Barrett, she's happy to oblige. She joins all the radicals on the court who want to see the border wide open. Listen, listen to, again, they say the quiet part out loud now. 
They're not trying to conceal their true intentions. This is the fake president yesterday on how to fix. This is her plan. She's the border czar, remember? The border czar who never goes to the border. The fake president over her who never goes to the border. This is uh, clip five. You know, gone are the days, sadly, where a President Bush or John McCain understood that we should have a bipartisan approach to fixing this problem, which is a long-standing problem. But what are those solutions? The solutions include putting resources at the border to do what we can to process people effectively and putting in place laws that actually allow for a meaningful, meaningful pathway to citizenship. <laughs> That's her plan to put in place a process that can move them through more quickly and then give them citizenship. It's not even a consideration. You know, sealing it. Saying, no. No, we've had enough. We've had 10 million. We've had 10 million in three years. Our cities are overrun. It's, we need the resources. That means money, of course. Billions. Just put billions into it and process them faster. And then, and then give them citizenship. Because then they can vote for Democrats. Fundamental transformation of the United States of America. America is under attack. If you don't have this book, make sure that you call our operators. They are standing by, waiting for your order. There's no cost, no obligation. More than 200 pages, nice, beautiful hardcover copy. Same one that General Flynn requested. Speaking of General Flynn, by the way, this is from the New York Times yesterday. Michael Flynn's Rhode Island Hall of Fame inclusion prompts resignations. Oh, no. The snowflakes in New York, or sorry, Rhode Island, the snowflakes, they're deeply offended that, uh, that Flynn would be honored. A three-star general who served his country. At least five board members resigned and said that Michael T. Flynn the former National Security Advisor for President Trump, should not be recognized. How can we recognize this three-star general who served his country abroad even for 30-plus years? How could we recognize him when for about three weeks he worked for a man who lies all the time? He just, he never stops lying. This is some kind of satanic, derangement syndrome people's minds so many of them are gone the liars are the ones out there saying that donald trump never tells the truth he's just always lying you're listening to stephen flurry and this is the trumpet daily when we come back we'll have our bible study segment and hopefully have some time for the emails that keep pouring in if you haven't emailed the show with some of your feedback we'd love to hear from you td at the trumpet.com very easy to remember td at the trumpet.com we'll be right back one third of your bible is prophecy and 90 percent of it is for our time today this is why when you study Bible prophecy, you often read statements like in that day, in the last days, and at the time of the end. Biblical prophecy is what makes the Bible so relevant to today, so essential to understanding our modern world. Most people, even in the world of religion, 
assume that nations like Britain, America, Germany, Russia and China are not mentioned in Bible prophecy. But if prophecy is mainly for our time today, how could the Bible ignore some of the most powerful and prominent nations of today? The key to understanding prophecy is knowing the biblical identities of modern nations. Learn about these identities in Herbert W. Armstrong's book, The United States and Britain in Prophecy. In this book, you will learn about the astonishing identity of the American and British people in biblical prophecies. Request your free copy today, The United States and Britain in Prophecy. We've been talking in our last couple of Bible study segments, or maybe the last one, I can't remember how many, but we've talked about the importance of focus and concentration and how that, in the case of Winston Churchill, this was a key to his great successes, or at least in his ability to accomplish so much in his day-to-day -day activities. Churchill really did have command of his human spirit, his mind. He really did direct his mind into those tasks that he had every day. And I mean, you look at the body of work <laughs> through the, you know, the low points, the wilderness years in the 1930s. I've given out the numbers before. I can't remember them offhand, but the hundreds and hundreds of articles and the speeches that he gave, he was writing books. He was writing series of books. A really unusually productive uh, individual, an individual of history. With respect to our spiritual learning, our spiritual growth, our education, our true education in God's church, the goal, as Matthew 5.48 says, is perfection. So we don't start that way. <laughs> we've got a, in fact, we've got a long way to go. Herbert Armstrong, I remember at the end of his life, he talked about how that, well, now as I look back on this long and productive life, I, I think that, well, maybe I'm Maybe I'm possibly 51% spiritual and 48, 49, sorry. <laughs> Let me get the math right. 49% carnal. We've got a long way to go. But the goal is perfection. You can see that, as I say, in Matthew 5, 48. You can see it in Ephesians 4 as well. This uh, article my father wrote some years ago, Steve Jobs focused like a laser. He made the point in that article how that Steve Jobs, the late uh, CEO, founder of Apple, how that he, uh, he really did just focused on four or five main products. He wasn't out there like so many businesses just trying to produce a jillion different things, but he wanted to make the, the few things that he made perfect. That was his goal. He says here, my father does, the word focus can refer to adjusting the lens of a camera to fixate sharply on on one object. Any photographer knows how that this works. You can have the focus zero in on one object and then in the background it's a little bit blurry. It's not as focused. And that's the way that we need to be in our spiritual labors. This same article says, focus is a foundational tool for success. Few possess it. Even fewer possess the ultimate success focus. It's a great article. I didn't write down the date. But you can probably get to it at our website, thetrumpet.com. In fact, you can get to all of our literature, including America Under Attack, which I mentioned in the first segment, 
if you just go to thetrumpet.com. Paul said in, uh, in 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 3, he talked about the simplicity of Christ. And if you look at that word simplicity, it means singleness or oneness in which there is nothing complicated or confused. This morning in Principles of Living, I was, I was talking to the freshmen about God instituting uh, marriage and family right at the very beginning. I mean, in Genesis 1, it says he created the male and female. And then chapter 2, it talks about God said it's not good for man to be alone. So he creates the woman out of the man. And Adam is just blown away. He looks at this beautiful woman and says, this is, uh, this is flesh of my flesh and bone of my bones. She should be called a woman. She came right out from me. And then God said, you know, for this cause, because I created you male and female, you should uh, leave father and mother and be joined together as one flesh. Start a marriage and build a family. I mean, last night at a special uh, club event for our spokesman club, uh, Brad McDonald was talking about the, well, we were on the subject of Jerusalem. And he says, look, from beginning to end, I mean, the reason Jerusalem is so important is it's like a focal point, a focal point with respect to God's purpose and plan. Zechariah 2 says it's the city God has chosen. There's passages in the end of the book, Revelation 20, 21, 22, that talk about new Jerusalem descending from heaven above, a spiritual city to be the capital of of the universe for all eternity. Well, family, marriage and family, is also a focal point of the Bible from beginning to end. You read about marriage and family in Genesis 2, and then you can go all the way through to Revelation 19, and it says, the bride, that is the church, has made herself ready to marry Jesus Christ. God is a family. You can read a lot more about that subject here in Mystery of the Ages. God is a family. The church is to marry Jesus Christ. That's why at the end of Ephesians 5, after Paul's talking about marriage and the roles in marriage, he says at the end, this is a great mystery, but I'm, but I'm actually talking about Christ and the church. How many people have that kind of a spiritual perspective? Not very many. They lose sight of this simplicity, and the world becomes confusing, confusing and chaotic. And in the, in the process, marriages and families just split apart and break up. And we see all over the world division and strife, hatred. Look at, the, look at the nation at large, the United States, I mean. Herbert Armstrong talked about how that nations are just families grown large. Look at how divided the United States is. It's very sad to see, isn't it? People just hurling insults at one another. You're a liar. No, you're a liar. No, you lie all the time. No, you lie all the time. Post-truth world. Matthew 6, verse 22. Notice this. Jesus said, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. If you have a singular focus, if you have a laser-like focus, then your body is just going to be filled with light. Your life is going to be filled with purpose. God didn't make us... Thankfully, God didn't make us to just be, he can do all things at once. We can't. Human beings can't. Now, there comes a time when born into the God family, we'll be able to multitask like that. But as it is, in the physical limitations that we have, God says, look, just focus on one thing at a time. Matthew 6, 33. Seek 
first. You got to do something first, okay? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added. God will, I mean, then you enter into a partnership with God, and God will begin blessing you right and left if you keep the focus on the right things. Concentrate on the things that are most important. That word for single in Matthew 6, 22, it's the same Greek word that's translated simplicity in 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 3. So be singular in focus. Be singular in your focus, I should say. That really does simplify things, doesn't it? You get up each day and you know, okay, first things first, prayer, study, you know, love my wife and family, dwell together in unity. If the husband goes off to work, you know, he's in a hurry to get home so he can be a family man at the end of the day. And, and that he and his wife together can be family builders, that they might build for God. Unless the Lord builds the house, the household, Psalm 127, the, labor, the laborers will just labor in vain. We've got to have, uh, we've got to have God at the center of the, the building project, whatever it is. Verse 24, it says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon, or materialism, or physical things. Now, we're physical beings, and we need certain physical things daily, physical food and so on. We need sleep. We need this. We need that. But God says, set your mind on the things above. That's in Colossians 3. Because he wants us to be spiritually oriented in how we live and conduct our lives. This is from that Steve Jobs article. It says here, proper focus requires not only concentration on uh, one clear goal, but also the right goal to pursue. Now, I'll refer you to another booklet we haven't mentioned in a while, The Seven Laws of Success. The very first law is to fix your mind on the right goal. You've got to be goal-oriented, but other, I mean, if you don't have the right goal, your, your wheels are just going to be spinning. There's plenty of goal-oriented people, but look at what they actively and eagerly pursue after. It's just a waste of time, a waste of life. Fix your mind on the right goal. There are a multitude of areas where we can direct our focus, but certain areas are far more important than others. Some areas are good, and other areas are evil. Evil. Look at the way people pursue evil in our world today. I mean, they do it with a lot of energy and drive. Can we match that at least in going after God's way of life? Can we show God that we're really excited and zealous for his way of life and thinking? 2 Corinthians 10, notice verse 4. It says here, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. God's given us a lot of weapons. And if we use them, I mean, we can really pull down massive barriers and have breakthroughs with God's help in overcoming weaknesses and sins and addictions and really go forward in Christ. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's in Philippians 4. It's a very encouraging verse. You know, and you can take the reverse of it and conclude that I can't do anything without Christ or without the power of God. We need God in us to pull down those strongholds 
those vain imaginations mentioned here in 2 Corinthians 10. Notice verse 5. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Bring every thought into the obedience of Christ. God wants to, he wants to see us bring our, even our thoughts under control to where, to where we're not, just like Christ said in the Sermon on the Mount, we're not even thinking hateful things toward our brother or lustful things toward someone from the opposite sex who you're not married to. Just, just rid your mind of even those sins. This is from my father's uh, booklet, How to Be an Overcomer. He says, when you have to tackle a problem, concentrate everything you have on that problem. Bring everything possible to bear on solving it. Do you lay siege to your big problems? A siege is a military blockade. And then further on, he talks about how that we've got to be on, a, on, on the offensive, a persistent attack against those, those sins. To lay siege means to pursue diligently or persistently. How about preparing a siege against your laziness or your lust or sense of inferiority or vanity or whatever problem you face? Lay siege on it. Go right at the heart of it with everything you can muster. Destroy its will. Decimate your old man's will to rise back up and you will conquer it. He says, this is how we can win battles against our serious problems. We need victories. We need to claim victories. The, the warfare is intense. Satan has been cast down along with his demon army. They're confined to this earth and they're wreaking havoc on it. Look, at, look around. Listen to everything that you hear or view in segment one of this program every day. I mean, we really are just saturated in sin. And God says, we want to come out of it. We want to put it away. We want to bury that old man, like it says in Romans 6, and live unto God and live a new life in Christ. It, it does take some mental discipline and focus to get in the daily, to put in the time every day, just like those morning and evening sacrifices discussed in the book of Daniel. Keep those spiritual fires burning. Keep that focus so that you can lead a life of productivity and growth in God's family. Some emails, finally, that have been coming in in recent days. It says, since everyone blames Trump for all the ills of the world, when he takes funding away from NATO, that will lead to the construction of the beast power. Will World War III also be Trump's fault? Joking, of course, but there is a sliver of truth in there, I think. And, and he's right. I mean, there's, there's no hope in man. As much as we do try to defend Donald Trump against this onslaught of demonic attacks, he's not going to be able to save America. Only God can do that. And as we know, it's only going to be for a short time before we're moving right into the days of great tribulation and the day of the Lord and then finally the return of Jesus Christ to this earth when God through that family government will finally solve all the problems of this world. Another one here says, just wanted to give a big thanks for all uh, your hard work and dedication. 
The Trumpet Daily keeps us informed and inspired. It says our parakeet, Ezra, loves the show. How about that? Even the parakeets are enjoying TD. Loves the show also. Two of his favorite things to say is the Trumpet Daily with Stephen Flurry and the Key of David with Gerald Flurry. As you can see, he is a big fan of the Key of David, too. I joked with my wife the other day because the dog was a little needy and then the cat was meowing, wanted to get inside, was desperately hungry, not having a good day. It's like, it was like a safari in the house there for a moment. And I said, you know what we need in addition to all this is a parakeet that can uh, echo some of our favorite sayings around the house. And she didn't warm up to that idea very well. It says here, love your program. My husband and I try to watch your program every day. If we miss one, we watch it later. That's a, a separate email from the parakeet story. Enjoyed that very much. We need more bird footage, by the way, you guys in the control room. I've, uh, I don't have the camera on my bird feeders like I did at Edstone. So we've got to find a way to try to bring the birds back. And they have been active, by the way. During a deep freeze in Oklahoma, if you load up the bird feeders, they, they are going to come from far and wide to empty out your feeders in about six or seven days. Another one here says, I love your commentary. Morning meltdown. I will never call this show anything else. I only see it when uh, your show is on. Thank you for telling us the truth in politics. With so many lies, it's uh, hard to tell what's the truth. Yours is one of the few shows out there uh, that digs for the truth before reporting it. Keep up the good work, everyone. And uh, there are quite a few people contributing to these daily uh, broadcasts, so we're very appreciative of that. Another one here says, thank you for another jaw-dropping, sometimes knee-slapping, always informative and motivating week of continuing to declare the plain truth of today's world. My prayers persist daily for you all. And we certainly do appreciate that encouragement and, and those prayers offered up on our behalf as well. Another one here says, I wanted to express my gratitude for both the book America Under Attack and the magazine subscription. Both are very informative, and I have taken the opportunity to pass them on to folks that have been reluctant yet receptive about learning the truth. It's especially great when I hear later from them that God moved their lives. I really enjoy your segments on LFA TV and hope you continue on this platform. She's referring there to uh, Live from America TV. That's a, another Rumble channel. We've got the, the daily replay of our program over at LFA TV at rumble.com. That's another Rumble channel in addition to ours, which is at the, the Trumpet Daily or trumpetdaily.com. Uh, so yeah, every, every weekday evening at 8 p.m. in the Central Time Zone and 9 p.m. on the East Coast, you get the, uh, the Trumpet Daily replay. We're certainly grateful for our partnership with LFA. Another emailer says, thank you for another fast, full hour of truth and revelation. Totally wonderful inspiration. Short and sweet right there. Another one says, thank you so much for your insightful and truthful commentary regarding the current state of affairs in the U.S. Please convey my thanks to all your researchers and technicians that helped putting together such a profound broadcast. It says, today's program was especially poignant in revealing the, the great many politicians, lawyers, and so-called leaders' depravity and uncaring view 
of our nation's laws. With all the lying and lack of justice, one must wonder how many in Washington, D.C. and beyond are compromised by the fear that bribes, perverse lifestyles, lust, and greed for power will be discovered. You do wonder that when you get some crazy rulings at the Supreme Court or you see things going on in Congress and, and people don't sound the alarm about it. You, you do wonder how many are engaged in these kind of perverse activities. I mean, that ruling yesterday at the Supreme Court, how much more perverse can you get? I mean, Amy, Amy Coney Barrett has several kids, as I recall. And she's probably living in a comfortable, gated community. But what are people thinking? What are they thinking about their fellow Americans? Where are the Supreme Court uh, hearings over the illegal people that are just pouring into the country? As it is, they're going after Greg Ab Abbott because of Obama. To remove the fences. We don't want to stop the flow. We've got to keep it wide open. It really is mind-boggling. Another one says, what a timely message today. And such a great interview with Lee Smith yesterday. This is from last week. His background as a journalist, author, is impressive. And insight into the character of Obama was illuminating. I'm refreshed to hear that more and more people are waking up, identifying, and speaking out about the agent of chaos's fruits. It says here, it's amazing to watch how God is separating the world into two camps, those who promote communistic-styled society, endorsed by Satan, and those who see it for what it is and oppose it. Similarly, he is dividing our political leaders into two camps, those who are with Trump and those who detest him, including many Republicans. It says, you have certainly helped to educate and enable me to think more clearly during these evil times in which we live. Uh, through thorough understanding and explanation of God's Word, you continue to proclaim just how important and relevant the Bible is. And I just wanted to say thank you for all that you do. Well, we certainly want to thank you for supporting this program and for supporting God's work, supporting our work at the Trumpet Daily, the Key of David, all the productions and, and publications that we have produced with the help of many, many minds and hands as well, including so many of you. That's all we have time for on today's show. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We certainly appreciate you joining us on today's show. And do not forget to join us tomorrow 